MLIW, The Walking Dead, and Fear the Walking Dead review. Hello, citizens. Welcome to LIW, The Walking Dead review, episode 133 for The Walking Dead 907 Stradivarius. And I feel like this is going to be a short one because I'll be upfront and honest. Not much happens. The season kind of hits a lull for a couple episodes here. About an episode and a half, maybe two episodes or so. A little bit of a lull. I can't complain that bad because the lull in this season is better than the high points of the previous two seasons. So, again, take that with a grain of salt, if you will. Or, 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 you know, a mouthful of sugar. How about that? Take it, I mean, I mean in a sweet way. Just, it's not a bad episode, just that not much happens. So, Stradivarius, uh, that will come into play later. So, let's just begin. Let's fucking get it over with. Uh, more whispering. It begins with more whispering. We hear, you know, at last we left off, Eugene and Rosita kind of buried themselves in dirt. This is the first season where I'm thinking of characters' names, like, quick. It's because I'm not sitting here going like, what the fuck else is wrong? And I'm not this, like, angry. And I'm, so they're just, like, flowing off my mind. I mean, they're in my notes. This wasn't in my notes, so this is just me recapping last episode for no reason. Just so I can catch up, but... So I'm just thinking of the characters' names. Usually I'm like, ah, the, the guy, the the one guy who showed, he's white. Um, you know, usually I do that shit. Anyway, they cover themselves in dirt and they hear, they see the zombies walk by behind them. Or we see it, they don't. Uh, but the, the zombies start being like, they're around here, we can't let them get away. Yes. We will find them. We only come out at night. I don't know, they say a bunch of weird shit. But it kind of begins with the same thing. And then uh, Michonne and Sadiq, they're leading the new group there, which was, uh, what the fuck were their names? I just mentioned I can take their names, but these are new characters. Like Yumiko, Luke, Magna, Connie, and the sister. What is this? Kelly. Good thing for IMDb. Gotta love it. So they lead them all. They're taking them to the hilltop because they're like, we trust you enough to let you stay with our groups. But we're going to take you to another group, the hilltop, and let them fucking deal with you because... Of the shit that Michonne keeps talking about, keeps hinting at, that we don't get to find out for for a few episodes, which is nice. Anyway, so they're going to take him in there, and this is what the, kind of the, happens in them, them in the episode. They start to take him to Hilltop. Uh, Jesus uh, apparently wins leadership of Hilltop. They, they kind of cut back and forth between this group going there and the Hilltop itself. He doesn't want to be a leader. I guess at some point during after or after when. Uh, Mag or yeah, Maggie talked to Negan and she decided not to kill him and Rick dying. And when that happened between then and now, which is a couple years later, just going off Judith's age, Judai's age. That sounds too much like Jewish, like German for Jew. Anyway, 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 so at some point in there, she decided to leave. And really it's just like, well, Rick's gone. Uh, we're gonna jump forward a couple years. That's why we had to kill off Rick or uh, Carl. So the, we're just going to have her leave, too, because she probably wants to do some another shitty movie like The Boy. God, that movie's fucking terrible. I don't mind her, but that movie is dog shit. It was, it was, I've already seen it. It's called, what's it called? The House Guest. Very similar movie, just not a puppet. Fucking, The Boy. If you want to have, I, I, it's so bad, it's not even enjoyable. And that's a bad spot for a horror movie when, it's like Winchester. At least Winchester had a little bit of over-the-top schlock, but The Boy was just boring. And that's, that's a bummer. Like, that movie should go, like, balls of the walls crazy and, like, what the fuck are they doing? And they I tried to at the very last, like, 20 minutes, but it just was, it was too little too late. Anyway, I think she's gone to do movies. That's why she's out of the season from here on out. Spoiler there for the rest of the episodes. Maggie's gone. That's, you're not going to miss much. It's not like she died or anything. She'll be back. They're going to have her back later. But anyway, 
she left, uh, which leaves Jesus in charge. He's sitting there talking to uh, t- Tara, Tara, however you want to say her name, and who's not pregnant anymore, or n- and never was. Don't ever mention it. She never was. But they're talking about how he's in charge of Hilltop, and he does not want to do it. And they're kind of like, you got to do it. And she's like, he's just like, I don't want to. <laughs> like, <laughs> and a man so disinterested in leadership, in the leadership role, and just <laughs> anything having to do with leading people. In the comic, it's... Uh, this storyline is devoted to Dwight and, and taking over the sanctuary. He just does not want to do it. And he he's kind of forced into it by Rick. And he's not forced, but he's like, Rick's kind of like, these people look up to you. What are you going to do? Not lead? I mean, how hard is it? Like, just be the face, essentially. Just like, just do it, bitch. Don't be a bitch, bitch. Your face is already burnt up, bitch. What are you going to do? Go get a fucking modeling career, bitch? Come on, bitch. That's basically almost word for word what Rick says to him in the comic. Anyway. So the uh, our new group here with uh, uh, Luke and all them, uh, Magna. I'll just say Luke and Magna's group for now because those are the two main characters on our show so far that we see. And Magna is a big, big name. In the, not a big name, but a, a well enough name that I remember from the comic. Don't remember what happens to her or anything like that, but she's in the fucking comic. She might be one of those ones that the uh, doesn't doesn't fare too well with the uh, with the whispers. I don't remember. Anyway, you know how hard it is for me in my notes to write whisperers or walkers? This is usually why I write Zeds, but every once in a while I write, I, meant, I want to write whisperers, but I write walkers. But that's not for late, till later. I'm just, I'm just bitching about myself, really, to my own stupid brain. Anyway, they find out, that group there that I mentioned for a while, uh, they find out, they find their old camp, which, and they're like, oh, our old camp, oh, all my shit's gone, oh, it was raided, oh, what the hell happened, it's all gone, and this is broken, and this is going, and they start talking about, like, one of their friends, I guess it's, I couldn't tell if it was Magnus' boyfriend, or who's Magnus' boyfriend, or girlfriend, or boyfriend, I don't know, I don't care, but I was like, they start talking about a guy who drove them insane by wearing a paisley shirt, and they kept talking about this fucking shirt, and I'm like, okay, we're gonna see a, a zombie in a paisley shirt later, I get it, I, I, I get it, it's very on the nose, very obvious, but... Not not as crazy as I'm making it sound. It's, it, I want to be negative about the show, but it really didn't bother me in the moment. I was like, eh. And then when it happened later, I'm like, yeah, there it is. I knew that was going to happen. But they start talking about how he left. I don't, I don't, I don't, I couldn't quite keep track of their timeline because I knew we weren't going to see it for the most part. So I didn't really delve that deep into it as far as retaining it in my memory. I didn't want to burrow that deep in there. I tried to m- more maintain the overall storyline, not so much the uh, specific backstories of characters who might not even make it through the season. So I was like, eh, half of them will probably die anyway. Some predictions are, are horribly wrong. Um, most predictions I have about this show are right, but this season is a curveball, which is why I like this season. Uh, but we'll get to that later. How many times am I going to say that in this fucking episode? I'm, I'm getting so far ahead of myself. I keep forgetting I have to only talk about this episode. And this is why I usually only like to watch one to two episodes at a time and then review them. But I watched them all, banked them, baked my notes, and catching up now. And I apologize. It is, it is frustrating, I'm sure. Anyway, um, they find their camp ruined. And they're looking for uh, Luke is looking for a bunch of instruments that he had, a bunch of cool-ass instruments, and he finds them. Um, Aaron, uh, and then they get attacked by zombies, and who fucking cares? But anyway, Aaron uh, is walking around, and he gets attacked by out of nowhere, and it's Jesus, and uh, they start fighting. And they start, like, fucking fist fighting, and like, Wah-ha-ha! like, just, nobody's hitting each other, because they're, they're both really good. And I guess Aaron is training with Jesus, and they do this all before their passionate lovemaking, because in the comic, they're both gay, and they're together, I believe, after Aaron, 
Aaron's what was Aaron's boyfriend's name? Eric. It was very similar in this show. He died against a tree and wandered off, and Aaron just sat there and cried, and I cried watching him. It was the only time I cared in season eight. But anyway, uh, in the comic, these two are together, I believe, for for a short while. I believe in the comic, Aaron dies. I'm really struggling to remember specifics like this, though. Kind of don't remember a whole lot about some of this stuff. But anyway, uh, we see uh, Carol. If you remember last time, she's with Henry, and they met up with Daryl in the in the woods, and she's like basically treats him like a stray dog, which is ironic because Daryl now has a stray dog who is apparently trained to his voice commands, and the dog is like very good at his job. This dog is like a well-trained soldier, just does whatever the fuck Daryl says by like, dog, and he just calls dog, and that's his dog's name is dog, because it's Daryl, and that just makes sense, and it didn't bother me. Like, if anybody else named their name dog, dog, I'd be like, oh, come on. But Daryl, I get it. He doesn't seem attached to a name. <laughs> he wouldn't do that. I like that kind of stuff. I don't know. It fit him. It fit his character. I feel like, I feel like usually I hate it when writers have a, sit there and for 40 minutes and debate the name of a newspaper or something like that. And it, in the episode five, what, what's the name of the newspaper? Something clever, but not too on the nose. And I'm like, I feel like they had this conversation about Daryl. Like, what would he name his dog? Daryl would name his dog, dog. Let's move the fuck on. And I feel like that was the conversation. And that was the right call. I don't feel like it was a very long conversation in the writer's room. They went, yep, he would name his dog, Dog. That's Daryl. Okay, moving on. Let's talk about what actually fucking matters in this season. Let's course correct. Thank you. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that took place, even though it might not have, but I'm assuming that's what happened because based on what I see in this entire season. But with that being said, let's get back to, uh, she's trying to tame Daryl, essentially. Trying to get him to be like, you should come back to us. You should stop being a weird hermit in the woods. Go ahead and come back to, uh, you know, quote-unquote civilization, as we call it in, in this new world. Can you come back and stop being a weirdo and, and, like, skinning everything out here in the woods and eating it? Can you just, I don't know, talk to someone? Maybe sit down with a shrink, get a 401k up and started. you got to retire at some point, Daryl. It's going to be a weird world in this uh, because once they, they – they're not going to get to that point, but with our, with our characters – because let's just say they have their walls up and the, the communities are tight and everyone's, everyone's living long and prosper and uh, they start to age. At some point, you're going to have to put the elderly in a room together. And the person who cleans up all the elderly people's shit, literally their shit, is going to kind of be like... Because it happens nowadays. Nurses, they go in and they get like serial killer nurses. They go and they put like a little bit of air in someone's arm and with an with a IV or something or with just a syringe and they kill the people, old people and they smother them with a pillow. But in this world, if you do that shit and then pretend like you didn't do it, you walk out of the room, that zombie's going to kill all the other old people in the infirmary or the hospital, wherever the fuck, because if they get that old, they're going to have to be. They're gonna, these people are going to be like 60 in, in that age, like 90 now, because they're hobbled as shit from, you know, decade of decades of really struggling to survive. So they're going to be beat up like fucking crazy. They're going to be like NFL players in this place. And they're just going to be like, it's going to be a free-for-all for an old old walker zombie who needs a fucking a cane or a, one of those little, like a wheelchair or something like that. Like a walker. Walker with a walker. That's a, that's a, that's a t-shirt right there. But they, they're just going to kill all of them. And the, the guy will be like, oh, shit. But, it, you know, in the back of their minds and the people who didn't, the other nurses who didn't kill them, they'd be like, oh, good. Every once in a while, we got to have a purge of the elderly. And here it is. I mean, they didn't even notice. They were on medication. They were sleeping fucking hard. They died in the middle of sleep. They didn't even move. 
maybe it's for the best because honestly that would have happened in three weeks anyway that would that's that's the end result you're looking at there that's this is i always say like uh, being old whenever someone young someone young's make, make someone young makes fun of an old person i go everyone gets to make fun of the elderly because ideally and, and optimistically everyone gets to become elderly so it's kind of like you're making fun of yourself. And I'm like, elderly people that are like beaten and shit and it's like, or even not, are in perfect health, they're still old and they're really struggling just to live. That is the best result for a life well lived, a good clean life that, that led you to this. And now we have zombies on top of that, which happen after your death, no matter how you die. And so it just adds an extra layer on there where you're like, I've been struggling to fight these zombies my entire life and not be bitten by one and turned. And then if I just die naturally now, as my old age and in my life, I fight them off for, for decades, and oh man, it's so successful in fighting off these zombies, and I don't have to worry about them. These walls are secure. We haven't had any more camps coming in trying to take over this place. Oh shit, I died and became a zombie anyway. It's fucking weird. It's a weird thought process I haven't thought really thought about till now. But you're fucked either way in this world. I never thought about people, the elderly becoming this. I've thought of people like getting shot and dying and becoming zombies, obviously. But we don't see someone die of old age. I believe in uh, Fear the Walking Dead, they have a little bit of a storyline there where the old man kills his wife and then kills himself. And maybe uh, that. But that's all I can really think of. That's the only time I really see it being brought up in this world. It, that feels like forever ago. I need to rewatch the uh, Fear the Walking Dead series because I've only seen season one twice and season two and three once. And season four, I just started for doing my notes here. I'm a, a, like a quarter of the way through it. I like it so far in a weird way. Anyway, so the, eventually the old people are all going to die and become zombies and you got to worry about a whole new thing if they take over the camp. I don't know. Uh, but where the fuck was I? I'm looking at my notes frantically. Michonne! Uh, they're, she's taking the camp up to the hilltop, like I mentioned. They're all, they stay at like this warehouse in the overnight. And she looks over at Fogler, Dan Fogler's character, Luke, and he's like, he's got his back to her. And she doesn't trust because she's having like weird flashbacks. And uh, she sees that he's like got his back turned to her. And she's like, put it down, put it down, put it down, like a fucking police officer. And he turns around, whips around. She slices something with it, her, uh, her, her sword there. And it ends up being his violin, his, his Stradivarius. And he's like, that thing was like 300 years old. And he goes on a long rambling story about, not really rambling, I guess, but long story about how music is what separated the, uh, you know, homo sapiens from the Neanderthals. And that's why we evolved. And this is off the top of my head. I'm, I'm doing a pretty good job remembering this series, uh, this season. And then uh, I guess he's basically saying like, that's the only thing that really separates us from, uh, from this is some, you know, the homo sapiens went back and whistled a tune together. And that eventually led to, you know, art is important. Like, we need this to pull ourselves out of this shit show. And I agree. I wholeheartedly agree. But I think for art, honestly, there is a time and there is a place. Art is what you have when you have a luxury. Or art is something you have under suppression and you do it in secrecy. Like a painter that's under, like, a middle of, like, some sort of weird... Uh, weird government that doesn't allow expression, like a Chinese painter, is going to make some amazing art because there's oppression there. But you can't go out and show your art to the world because you'll be your career as an artist will be short lived. Because most of those those uh, places with oppressive governments do kind of like public executions and shit like that. So in this world with the zombies, the zombies are going to kill you for doing art. However, if you're making a lot of fucking noise with your goddamn violin and shit, they're going to kill you. But there's a time and there's a place for art. Maybe 
And I think obviously they're leading up, and I know they do. This isn't a spoiler. You kind of feel it when when he says it. That little party they're they're gonna have, that little uh, festival. That's what they're gonna. That's what they're kind of getting at there. And that's a good time for art. I agree. Uh, it's kind of a you have to have your security first, and it works in this world. But he's been carrying around this violin, this giant violin. It's like it's like. Three feet tall, four feet tall. I don't know how the fuck tall it is. But he's been carrying this around. This is what I'm saying, time and place. He needed to ditch that thing in a secure area and go, this is always here. Nobody's going to come by and take this thing because why the fuck would they? Because art is not important right now. That's exactly why. The fact that you can leave it in the middle of an open field and it's going to be fine, you know, barring any weather, it's going to be fine, proves to you that it's not important. It's not an essential need of survival. You don't need that fucking thing to stay alive unless it's got like a club on the end or a saw and you can swing that shit. I'm just saying, he carried that fucking thing around. It must have weighed 65 pounds. He's been carrying it around and he's overweight already. He's carrying this fucking thing around in the middle of fields while they're trying to survive. And we saw in the beginning there, they're really fucking struggling to survive. And that's why they were taken in by, the, by uh, Michonne and his, her group uh, reluctantly. But they still were taken in because of this fact. And I'm like... Maybe if he had a little more strength, not carrying this fucking giant instrument around. Who knows, who knows how many fucking instruments? He could have like a full drum kit on his ass. I wouldn't know. He, he must have some, like a trumpet shoved somewhere, like strapped between the, the vast waistline between his balls and anus. I don't know where the fuck he's keeping this shit, but he, he must have something on him. Some, a flute? I don't want to know where he's hiding the flute, guys. I do not want to know. And the clarinet? Oh, God, where's the clarinet, Dan Fogler? Where is your clarinet, sir? It better be strapped to your spine on the back. On the outside, with like duct tape, like John McClane. I don't, I don't want to know where the fuck it is. If it's not that, I don't want to know. But you know what I mean. Time and place for for art. Go ahead and, and uh, hold off, and they do. I guess what I'm getting. I really had no point in my rant there. I just, <laughs> I just uh, it's interesting to think about art in this world. He's saying it's important, and I'm like, yes, it is, but way down the line. But also, way down the line won't happen if you don't keep it alive now. So it's an interesting little conundrum there. It's almost like a weird ethics debate because whatever energy he puts into music is energy he's taking away from the community because instead of teaching, teaching the kids how to play art or play instruments, play art, that's right. Instead of teaching kids how to make art, you know, art Play-Doh, but instead of teaching kids, he's spending time, like if it was, you know, hypothetically, they don't do it in the show, but maybe in the next season, he's teaching kids how to play instruments. That's time taken away from him like building up the walls or killing zombies or protecting the others or making food or farming or... Yada, yada, yada. So kind of, yeah, it does matter now. It does. So I don't know how they're gonna, how he would balance that in this world. It's a weird little theory there. A weird little, uh, I guess, pondery, or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> whatever you want to call that. But Daryl, uh, he's sitting there in camp talking with Henry, and they're talking about, he's like, going to come back and save me. you help us, right? And Daryl's like, yeah, I'll go back. Fine. Daryl speaks and emotes. Not much here. But it's enough that I cared. And he's talking to Henry, and then he hears his dog howling, and he goes out there, and he sees his dog stuck in, like, uh, I guess he builds, like, he digs, like, little trenches, and I don't know what the fuck he puts in it, like, magic goo? I don't, tar? What, what, what's he putting in there? I don't know. But the dog's stuck in those. A bunch of zombies are coming in on it. And he takes, like, fucking forever just to kill five zombies. And I'm like, the Daryl I know would just shoot these things and be done with it. He, it's the guy who sniped zombies with the same crossbow to save Rick. Sniped him from like 400 yards, and now the dog's right there, and he can't do shit about it, and he really struggles and almost dies. Henry has to save his ass. 
Henry saves him while Carol creeps in the woods like a real fucking weirdo, like Rod Serling in the intros of Twilight Zones, just like right next to the, a couple on a bed when he does his intro. It's always weird. But she's just like, hey, I'm peeping from the woods. Yeah, yeah. Just doing, doing whatever she's doing. She found some batteries, some D batteries in, in the woods, and she's just watching her, her, her adopted son talking to her best friend. And there's a dog there, too, and Carol's into some weird shit. Carol's search history before the zombie apocalypse was disgusting. She was a housewife that was getting beaten. She was fucked up. She was a fucked up woman. Uh, is it in this episode? I just thought of something. When Henry mentions the fact that his mom finally grew hair out because she was always terrified to have long hair because her husband used to beat her and he would just grab the hair. And I'm like, holy shit. I think it is because this is when he starts to, to really relate to Daryl. And I was like, good God, kid. <laughs> like, that's fucking dark. And I'm like, it's also true because you remember season one, which I'm gonna, I'm, I'm just loading up season two here cause to, to get into the uh, review for season two because I already did season one. I did 201, and then it's been a couple years since I did that one. So I'm going to go back and rewatch that one just to catch up. Well, I'm going to start back doing season two here after season nine. And I was like, oh, God, that is dark as shit. And, and it also, it's the stuff like that that I'm mentioning in previous seasons where I'm like, help me care about your characters. And it's shit like that that does it. And I was like, I appreciate that that line. It's dark as hell. But it made me care and made me remember. And it made me go, oh, yeah, Carol, she's been through some shit. And also seeing her relationship with Daryl, who she's been, like, borderline. He's just been, like, rubbing the D, the Daryl D on the outside of her, just like rubbing it all over her for years now. And he's never gotten up in there and you keep, we keep waiting for it, but instead she dates someone else like that fucking one tall dude who died. What was his name? Re, 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 what the fuck is his name? Something really stupid and not a name, but he's dead. Anyway, she keeps going in with guys like this. Now she's with Ezekiel, and Daryl's just like fucking slapping this on the you know outside of her, and he's never gonna get up in there. He's never gonna pull the trigger and get up in that Carol, and he doesn't. Still, he still doesn't. I, uh, this is never gonna happen, guys. Just give it up. Give it up. Remember they were teasing that heavily early on, and it never fucking happened. After she lost her daughter, she became a recluse, and she started. Not quite shacking up with Morgan, but she shacked up with him mentally. They came in, became the same person on opposite schedules. They would just flip-flop back and forth. And fucking hell, I hated that show then. Uh, so at this point, I wrote 17 minutes left and nothing has happened. Um, so far, um, my next note is, so far, Michonne and Daryl, as we see the scars, they have their, the X carved into their backs. Which we'll figure out what that means later. Ooh, I can't wait. Foreshadowing! The way of the Walking Dead now. Can you imagine? Because I, I, I'm still getting used to it. I'm getting kind of whiplash from the previous seasons of this one where they're actually setting stuff up and, and following through with it and setting things up in a way that's satisfying. And I'm not used to that yet. And I, I still, at this point, I still had trust issues with the show. Uh, but it, it was weird. And I'm, I'm learning to love again. And, uh, and I made my poster last year where it said the, the, the quote on the front cover first of all it's a skull and then there's like a turd in it, a turd in the eyes and it says listen as one man attempts to love the walking dead as I, I believe that's what it says and this is me I've attempted I failed I, I couldn't love it I couldn't even like it in the last couple of years this is me trying to learn to love again and I'm, I'm really trying to open my heart up to the show and it's it's finally going like it's okay it's okay again abusive boyfriend 
where it's kind of like going, oh, baby, I'm sorry. This, I, I hope this season isn't that, isn't the uh, calling, calling me back home. Like, oh, baby, baby, you should come back home. I know you're staying with your mom. Just come, go ahead and come back home. Come back home. It's, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. I know I fucked you over for years. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. I know I was very inconsistent in all of the place and very slow for so long. I'm sorry, baby. I'm sorry. I can't change that. I can't change that. All I can do is promise to do better going forward. And I'm here on episode seven going, you know what? The last seven minutes of this phone call, you've been pretty good to me. And that kind of worries me because I wonder what the next nine minutes are going to bring. And that scares me. That really scares me. And I'm terrified. Baby, I'll think about it. I'm thinking about it right now. I'm, I'm really debating. So we'll see how I feel uh, in the future episodes. If I take that phone call again, or if I, you know, if I, maybe, I'll just, maybe I'll just, after the first phone call, just go back. Just go back to the boyfriend, Walking Dead boyfriend show. I don't know. That should be the name of the show, The Walking Dead Boyfriend. Walking, ba- walking Bad, Walking Dead bo- Abusive Boyfriend Show. The Walking Dead Abusive Boyfriend Show with Phoenix West. Hello, citizens. Anyway, Sadiq finds out that Maggie's gone. I don't know why I wrote that. And then a bunch of walkers flood their camp because they're taking them up to the hilltop. Uh, I don't know why I wrote that. It didn't. Maybe I thought it was going to matter because sometimes I take the notes before, the, like while the, season, the, the scene is happening, and I think it's going to matter. I couldn't tell you what that means now. I couldn't tell you. I, I remember it happening, but that's really nothing happens because of it. He just finds out the bitch is gone. Who fucking cares? Um, and this is when uh, we cut back and we see that, you know, the guy in the Paisley shirt shows up. Magna cries after they have to kill it. Uh, Daryl puts it down very politely. And then, <laughs> is this when they all show up? Was it Daryl that put him down or was it Michonne? I don't remember. It doesn't matter. So uh, Michonne and the group, <clears throat> they run into a bunch of Hilltop soldiers, one of which is played by C. Thomas Howell, who's a special actor. Go ahead and look up Soul Man from the 80s and check him out. Some great racially sensitive quotes in that movie. He eats a full watermelon while yelling racist stuff at, at other black women. He's a white kid that plays a black man in that movie in, in, in blackface. I get that he wasn't he wasn't he was a teenager at that time. I don't blame him. But it's a it's a it's a bad movie on top of the fact that even ignoring all the racial shit, it's just it's just a bad movie. But it, it does not hold up. Would look, look through the lens of 2019, does not hold up. Anyway, uh, the, his soldiers say that they have Rosita at Hilltop, and she's doing better, but they have her there, and they can't find Eugene. Um, and then Daryl, the dog, Aaron, and Jesus, they all go out to find Eugene. Um, so th- that's where they go at the end of the episode. And I also noticed, I, I mentioned in the last episode, I'll mention it now again, just real quick. Henry is basically replacing Carl's storylines, because he's talking to Daryl, and yada, yada, yada. And he kind of deals with Negan. He doesn't even deal with Negan, does he? Uh, not so much, really. But he kind of has his storylines as far as, like, uh, uh, we'll get there. You know what? I shouldn't have mentioned it right now because it's pointless to say right now. Because the storylines I really want to bring up happen in future episodes. That I'm just going to hold off on. I really apologize for bringing that up. That was a waste of time. Yours and mine. My time's all a waste. Every second of my life is a waste. Anyway, so until next time, and in the meantime, I'm Phoenix West. So long, citizens. Go to liwstudios.com.